Hello, everyone. Welcome to our next episode of Cultivate, which is our evergreen podcast. We talk about the life of ministry, innovation, and anything else in between. So I am very excited to have guests from Seattle First Baptist Church, where we're filming live on location uh, in its beautiful decorations for Advent. Uh, I'm here with Reverend Anita Peebles and also Reverend Lee Curl Dove, who are the co-pastors here. So welcome. And I thought, you know, we'd just get right into it. A lot of changes have happened in Seattle First. Um, talk about it. Like, uh, what's it been like? What's been going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I started as co-pastor on October 10th. Right. And I think about two days later, we had the Evergreen Regional Annual Gathering. Right. Um, and since then, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> she really just dived in. <laughs> and like people talk about um, starting starting ministries and being in transition as like drinking out of a fire hose. And uh, I kind of picture us being like blown away by the fire hose at some point. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of But you're still standing. Oh, yeah. You're still here. Yeah. 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 Very good. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, uh, what better way? Just go all in, right? I mean, yeah. Like, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it. Right. Like, right. Why, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's been great. Uh, we've been really busy. And, yeah, for me, coming from the South, uh, I feel like I'm learning a whole new culture. Um, For our viewers who don't know you, do you want to tell about where you came from? Yeah, sure. Um, So I uh, moved here from North Carolina, um, and I grew up in Memphis, Tennessee. I did my undergrad in Texas, did my master's degree in North Carolina at Duke, and then I moved back to Texas for a little bit, and then I moved back to North Carolina. And now I live here. And it's, it's, yeah, you might say it's a little different. I remember my first uh, Zoom interview with the search committee here. I got on the call and I said, hey, y'all. And someone was like, do I detect a Southern accent? And I was like, ooh, we're going to be in for it here. Uh, So it's, you know, it's, it's been a bit of kind of like learning a new culture because it is, it is different out here than down in the South. So I'm curious, like, what do you feel is one of the biggest differences from where you've come from and doing, um, uh, coming to Seattle? So I think just like Seattle specifically, something I noticed early on. So in the South, when you are walking down the street and you pass someone, you like smile, you acknowledge each other. You might say, hey, how you doing? Right. Here, people are like just looking at the ground. And if you do happen to make eye contact, right. they're like, what are you doing? Right. Why are you keeping uh, in contact with me? So, so uh, that's been something I'm, I'm like having to be like, just look at the ground. Just look at the ground um, when I walk up and down the street. Um, but yeah, I just like little small cultural differences like yeah. that, I think. Um, yeah. So that's, that's really funny. Interesting. You know, so my wife is from Michigan. And when the first time I visited Michigan, and you know, Anita, you're from Michigan. Like, um, I went to the supermarket and, you know, we're just, I want to get something quick, right? Just mm-hmm. want to buy something, get out of there. They're starting up a conversation with me and it's like, all right, I just want a service for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Right, Anita, can you attest to this? It's Absolutely. like, people totally want to be personable. They want to like know where you're from and like, why, why did you want this product? I'm like, yeah. really, by, we don't. By the time you walk out of a grocery store, like you have a couple new friends and people know your life story and you know theirs. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is so funny. So, Lee, I'm, I'm curious then just about like how ministry is affected. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you feel? Because you've done ministry in all these different places mm-hmm. as well. Um, what's one of the biggest ministry changes for you? I think here there's a much more sense of... I'm not sure how, how to phrase this, but um, like in the South, right, we're, we're real, churches are just really into um, like that churchy language, I feel like, um, and just kind of like, you know, yeah, just leaning into that churchy language and it's not, you know, no one's going to be like, oh, that was an interesting way that you said this thing. Um, and then here, because I think Seattle is such a, progressive city Mm -hmm. people even within the church are so aware of kind of those like language nuances especially when it comes to like interfaith um, because we do have members of our community who do not identify as christian Um, and so that's it's been interesting to kind of be aware of the language i use and the thing things like that where uh you know in the south it wouldn't be it would be weird if I like said it the way I say it, say say certain things here. Um, and so I've had a lot of conversations around language um, and things that I've said um, to kind of be like, well, this is why I say it this way. And you know, um, so I think that's been a that's been an interesting learning curve for me here. Mm-hmm. Oh, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Anita, I'm I'm kind of curious. Is like um, you're you've been here for a bit now. Um, but you weren't from here. So did you feel like um, that translation, like what was your journey of the translation process that Lee's talking about? I relate to it a lot. Um, Yeah, being a Midwesterner who lived in the South and then out here. um, Yeah, it's like not not that we're like, that, that we weren't aware of our language or that we weren't thoughtful and careful about our language. you know, or consider it, but it's just like a hyper awareness here. Mm -hmm. Um, And another difference I think also is just like, folks just open up slowly here. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you kind of gotta like, pull the, uh, pull the relationality out of them sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I think I'm a pretty friendly and quite playful person. And so like, I, I had this process of serving, serving this church um, where I was like, is that a little bit too much for them? Are they a little bit like less playful or, um, you know, they don't really want to be silly. They want worship, like how they, you know, how, how they're used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's been, it's been kind of a interesting process of like give and take where I'm just like, we're going to do this and it might be a little messy, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, because we're just trying something new. We're mm-hmm. like doing this in a creative and different way. And then they're just like, oh yeah. We can do that. Um, so it's it's been a lot of like, yeah, push and pull, and yeah. I've had to I've had to learn how to how to adjust and yeah. like maybe t- maybe tone it down sometimes, yeah. like being silly. Um, that's but, an, that's an interesting yeah. insight because you know the work of translation. You know, Lee was talking about it's not just purely finding the right words. It's also about earning trust, right? Mm-hmm. Like if it means being playful or like just getting them to be a little more brave, Mm -hmm. like to trust you to be brave or something. Mm -hmm. So um, actually I love where this is going and I kind of want to follow up with this because when I was planning out, you know, future podcast episodes, 
I immediately thought, oh, I want to talk to Anita about Advent, you know, and Lee's here, I want to talk about Advent. But this is great we're talking about Advent in this episode because Advent is that weird time of the Christian calendar where the secular calendar, the capitalist calendar, you know, it all just kind of yeah. smashes into each other, yeah. right? Everyone is kind of talking about Christmas, but for very different reasons, mm -hmm. right? You're getting some people who come into the congregation who maybe have never been to church except for one of the Advent services, maybe just mm -hmm. Christmas, right? So this whole thing of translating, um, I think is perfect for talking about Advent. So I thought it'd be interesting to hear from both of you, like what do you feel is the most challenging uh, to do in ministry during Advent because of just this awareness of how complex it is? Well, it's just really busy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just really busy. Right. And I think that's true for, for pastors and congregations of all sizes and locations. Right. Um, and expectations are just really heightened during this mm -hmm. season because yeah. we're very aware that, that people who do come to church only once or twice a year, yeah. they're going to be doing mm -hmm. that in this season. And right. so it just like bumps up the expectations. Mm -hmm. um, and also like just tensions are higher. You know, people are people are figuring out what to do for the holidays and like mm -hmm. how much they're engaging with family and friends, and so and that just again like just kind of heightens the um, the emotions that that folks are feeling. And so, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so when we're really busy, and then yeah. we're also balancing um, pastoral care in this mm -hmm. season, right. um, it's it's all just like a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that's actually a really good point because I was just thinking about even my friends who don't affiliate with the faith or, or Christianity. Um, they also have like really heightened expectations. Like everyone's sort of on like 11, right? Like mm -hmm. the dial is super yep. high, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then the church is in that, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. chaos too. That's, that's, that's a really interesting point about um, we have to be really mindful that mm -hmm. it's just a really like uh, volatile season. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Lee, what do you mm -hmm. what do you feel like is one of the, some of the challenges? Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with Anita. Like, it's it's just such a busy season, right. um, and having to find like find the energy as a pastor right. to be able to you know do all of the uh, just all of the regular Sunday services, but then all of the additional services that come with it. And knowing the expectation around that, because I do think Advent is like a lot of people's favorite time in church. I mean, I mean, look, look at the sanctuary. Like, it's beautiful. We've got the garland and yeah. the candles and the twinkle lights. Yeah. Um, blue, honestly, is probably the best liturgical color. Right. It's my favorite color. And so, Lee has a lot of hot takes. About a lot, everything. lots of hot takes. Um, and so, but I mean, you know, and and it's. So it's that and the expectation of even if you are someone who maybe is like, I don't love the holiday season or I, you know, I, I don't care about the holiday season. I think we actually all really do. And each time it comes around, we are hoping that, oh, this season is going to be the one that's like truly magical, truly wonderful. Um, and I mean, gosh, balancing family is so hard and all of the complexities of what what this all brings um, 
whether you're religious and in church or not. And so I think just balancing as a pastor the busyness of the season and knowing that in Advent people really are wanting the best worship experience there is. And you're also balancing all of these emotions people have going on, all of these hopes that they have that they may not even be fully able to name. Um, and sometimes they project that onto you as their pastor, and that that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's thing. but it's but it's it can yeah. it's it's a lot to balance and juggle. Um, and then if you're like me and experiencing uh, the big dark in Seattle for the first time, um, yeah. and you're like, why is it dark all the time? Right. Um, that just adds another layer, and yeah. it's just mm-hmm. yeah, Advent is um, busy yeah. and exhausting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is an inspiring episode. Um, <laughs> no, but actually, I just wanted to dovetail because, like, when you said the word big dark, I actually mm-hmm. immediately thought about too is that Advent is also very, like, um, it's a triggering time, right? Mm-hmm. Because it resurfaces wounds, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I was just thinking about what you're talking about with expectations. Mm-hmm. So, what if, like, a loved one is not there or mm-hmm. our families um, are struggling mm-hmm. uh, in some sort of, you know, way? Um, we feel like how we're falling short of those expectations. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's like a whole layer mm-hmm. on top of everything you just said, mm-hmm. which I, I totally agree with. So it certainly is a, a complicated time. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, the refrain I was kind of hearing about was like, just really emphasizes the need for those in ministry that we need to really center, like almost like jealously, like to center ourselves, you mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. to be very guarded because there's so many, um, forces of push and pull around mm-hmm. us, right? Yeah. I, I think it's such an interesting season to be a pastor in um, yeah. and to be a person yes. in mm-hmm. because we're we're a part of crafting so many people's holidays mm-hmm. and like their their idea and like those those joyful warm memories that they want to have and, and that they're longing for like right. of the candles and singing silent night like we're responsible for crafting those spaces. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I think sometimes pastors kind of, kind of laugh about it, um, but it really, it really is true that like we don't experience the holidays in the same way, mm-hmm. and we wait until January, you know, until like after Epiphany <laughs> right. or like if we have a break between Christmas and New Year's, yes. mm-hmm. it's just like oh, then we can have our Christmas, mm-hmm. then we can be with our yeah. families uh-huh. and mm-hmm. friends, and we can yeah. do that gathering that we've been fostering for other people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like it's you know it's it's just a part of being a pastor mm-hmm. of a church, um, and like it is um, it is something that like I don't I don't take that lightly at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's really beautiful, and sometimes it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know you're totally right. Um, I just started working in the region for about a year and a half, and last year was the first time I ever took mm-hmm. a Christmas vacation. Like mm-hmm. I've been pastoring in the local church for the past 25 years before yeah. that. Mm. And so it just felt so novel to me that, you know, I hadn't done that. Um, But I did want to kind of go back to something else you said in there. Um, I I think is really poignant is that I guess that's the work of all clergy is that we're we're creating significant moments, right? Mm -hmm. That people can kind of connect with the divine, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, it's a great honor, Mm -hmm. but it's it's a serious responsibility, right? It's Mm -hmm. like we are crafting meaning or like Mm -hmm. significance everyone mm-hmm. so you know we kind of came in with more of the challenges and more the the negative aspect of it but I know 
there are also wonderful things about Advent, mm -hmm. um, just personally or like ministry-wise. Mm -hmm. But I was curious, like for both of you, what is something that you really look forward to, or mm -hmm. that is unique or uniquely special to Advent, like the mm -hmm. blessing of Advent? Mm -hmm. Well, Christmas Eve is my favorite day of the year, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the Christmas Eve service is my favorite thing that we do all year. Mm. Um, maybe like Maundy Thursday and like foot washing, which we don't do at Seattle First Baptist, um, uh -huh. but uh, but I've done in the past, like maybe that's a close second. Uh -huh. But um, but Christmas Eve and really welcoming the incarnation yeah. mm. and really thinking about, um, thinking about bodies and yeah. thinking about wonder mm. and um, the, the closeness of God yeah. to, to humanity, to human flesh. Uh -huh. Um, it's just, it's just so staggering and so mm -hmm. beautiful. Um, and like, I, yeah, I just, I just like crave that moment holding candles and singing silent mm -hmm. night, like in a darkened sanctuary, just our voices. Mm -hmm. Um, like I crave that all year and I just love, love that. Mm -hmm. So wow. special. Mm -hmm. That's so good. I feel like a lot of Protestant theology, we, don't talk about the incarnation enough. I mm -hmm. feel like we could really learn a lot from our, like, our Catholic friends um, mm -hmm. just to get back in that because that intimacy, that, that wonder that comes with the in, uh, incarnation, we don't get a lot of opportunities in like a lot of Protestant uh, secular, I mean, Protestant calendars to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's, that's right on. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, Lee, what is, yeah. what is it for you, the, the blessing of that? Um, I think the some of my most favorite biblical stories take place within Advent, okay. right? And so um, probably my two most favorite um, stories, passages in scripture are Luke's Annunciation and the Magnificat. And I think, and part of that is leaning into that hope of what an incarnational God means, right? Um, and also just like, you know, when you, when you think about the Annunciation, it's, there's so much there um, and it's so embodied, yeah. right? Because the angel comes to Mary um, and is like, hey, um, you're gonna bear the, the son, the word of God. Um, and, you know, she, she says yes. And I think that's probably the most important yes in all of scripture. Um, and, it's such, it's an embodied act that she's saying yes to. Um, and I think it's beautiful. And, you know, it's, I love the kind of, the progressiveness of Advent with which the light breaks in. Yeah. You know, we light one candle a week until we get to Christmas Eve, this year, Christmas Eve evening, because Advent 4 is Christmas Eve morning. And we finally light the Christ candle because, you know, love in human flesh has come down. Um, and I think for me each year, as I watch the light grow brighter, um, it gives me so much hope. And I think every year, uh, we were talking about this earlier in the week, Every year I feel like I find it harder to find that hope of that like, of that promise that, you know, the Christ child will be born. And each year I'm like, man, we need Advent more than ever. <laughs> and it just keeps becoming more and more real each year. 
Um, but that like rhythm and ritual of lighting these candles of hope, peace, joy, and love for me, um, it's just really special. And like, I need to actually see it and be reminded that the light will break through. Um, you know, there's that Leonard Cohen song, uh, there's a crack in everything and that's how the light comes through. Um, and that's something I need to be reminded of every year. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so good. I, I, I love what you're saying because um, this, this central idea in Advent of light in the darkness, right? Mm -hmm. Like breaking through darkness, um, especially in light of what we're seeing in the world today, right? Mm -hmm. With the war, the conflicts, um, you know, climate crisis. Mm -hmm. There's just so many opportunities to see the dark, right? And, you mm -hmm. know, we were even joking before about the big dark, right? Like, it just seems like it's real. Yeah, right? it's so real. It's, <laughs> it's so, real. so real. We bought a sun lamp at our house this week. Like, we are struggling. That's a good move. <laughs> okay, I, I feel a sermon is in here somewhere. But when we struggle with that big dark, you know, you just mm -hmm. gotta find that sun lamp or that crack, you know, mm -hmm. in the window, like, wherever mm -hmm. it is, right? Like, we, we need that light and darkness. I, I love that thought of, like, we need Advent more than ever mm -hmm. um, with each year. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's so important to to have those times on the liturgical calendar set aside yeah. where, where you can be honest mm -hmm. about the pain of the world and, mm -hmm. um, and how hard it is mm -hmm. to handle the big dark or about mental health or about yeah. um, just... Uh, just like what is grieving everyone's heart. Mm -hmm. um, I think in a lot of a lot of US American Christian culture, there's there's really like a focus on positivity mm. in really toxic ways and mm. in um, and people can talk about it like Christianity, you know, it it's a balm and it just kind of like smooths everything over. But like the inbreaking of the divine mm -hmm. is this is happening in this season all around us. Mm -hmm. yes. And, and why is that necessary? Because we have so much that grieves mm -hmm. our hearts. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important to set aside those times to listen to those mm -hmm. prophets call yeah. and, um, and look at the places where there's injustice and oppression and actively choose to say, you know what, I'm gonna keep hoping mm -hmm. because this is, this is happening. This inbreaking will come. Mm -hmm. um, already has come, not yet mm -hmm. um, is coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, that's so good. You know, this this is interesting because like, I feel like we're kind of coming full circle in like our conversation today because we started off about the challenge of Advent is the chaos, right? Mm -hmm. All the craziness, right? The, um, I love this big dark, we got to trademark this or something. I love this phrase, <laughs> you know, the big dark, whatever it is, right? Whether it be like, you know, trauma, you know, mm -hmm. woundedness, um, conflict, mm -hmm. um, all of that is Advent, right? And so it's actually kind of appropriate that we we see this amplified in the season because we also want to amplify the light, right? Mm -hmm. Say like, this is exactly why we need the light, friends, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this is what the light looks like. Mm -hmm. So I, th I think that's really profound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wow, so many, um, so, so much great food for thought. Um, <laughs> this is even beyond what I was even planning in the prompts. So I know if I just talk with you folks, I'm, I'm gonna get something amazing. <laughs> Um, before we go and just kind of wrap mm -hmm. up our time, uh, I just thought for fun, uh, you know, you folks have been doing ministry for a while mm -hmm. in different mm -hmm. contexts. Um, I was just thinking back of the different places I've been pastoring, and I think back 
if I could talk to like a young seminarian who's never pastored before, they just started church, this is their first Advent go, like they're coming up to their first Christmas season, right? Like, what would, what would you want to say to them to like encourage them? <laughs> I think uh, the first thing I will say is if it is your responsibility to buy the communion elements for Christmas Eve service, do not wait until the 23rd or the morning of the 24th. <laughs> Oh, because the, the, the grocery store is a hellscape. So um, I don't know if I can say hellscape on this podcast or not, but can. I just said it twice. Okay. So um, I would say that. <laughs> and um, But on a more serious note, yeah. I think, you know, because there is that kind of like expectation of yeah. I think particularly the Christmas Eve service, right? Because yeah. you get so many folks that this is the time, the one time in the year that they come to church. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure around that Christmas Eve sermon, that Christmas Eve homily right. to say like this great profound thing or this beautiful moving thing. But the thing is, what you have to say, like yeah. the best thing is already true about it, right? Jesus has been born. Right. And if that's all you say, that's enough because right. that is the good news. Right. Um, and that is the light and that is, that's everything. And so no matter what you say, Jesus is still born and that's good news. And everyone like that's enough. So I think my advice would be, don't put that pressure on yourself. Yeah, yeah we don't have to conjure the light. We don't have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if we think we can, then we have a serious problem. Right. Um, right. But, uh, yeah, Jesus is born. That's yeah. the good news. And if that's what all you get up and say for your homily, yeah. that's great. Everyone gets to go to dinner earlier. Okay. <laughs> right? Like so much good wisdom here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm glad you're at Seattle Furbis. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> Anita, what are some things that you might want to say? Like, yeah, I think like I have pretty similar thoughts in this in this case of. Um, and releasing yourself from expectations that everything is going to be perfect. Yeah. Even if you even if you plan everything down to the T. Yeah. Like the candle lighter might not work right. and the mic might go out and the lights might just like shut off on one part of the Christmas tree or whatever. And like that's okay. Right. Um, yeah, like Jesus will still be born. Yeah. <laughs> and um there's, there's an Advent devotional that I've used since I was in college. Um, and one of my favorite devotionals in that is, um, is this one, um, I can't remember who it's by at the moment, but, but it talks about like, what if we didn't shop for presents? Mm -hmm. And what if we didn't put up the greenery and the lights? What if we didn't have any extra candles, no extra services? You know, Jesus would still be born. Mm -hmm. God would still break into the world around us and mm -hmm. in us and among us mm -hmm. and um, nothing we can do will make that happen mm. and um, nothing we can do will not make that happen right. mm -hmm. um, and so like let like let's be along for the ride yeah. mm -hmm. and um, and really try to be present um, that's really yeah. good wisdom I feel like that even transcends advent doesn't it I mean that just mm -hmm. sounds like ministry in general is that yeah there's a lot of, um, like when we do ministry out of panic or mm -hmm. like we feel like we are responsible mm 
mm-hmm. for the move of God or something. Um, we, we just get it all wrong. Like mm-hmm. we, we yeah. mistake like our influence, our importance, right? When it's mm-hmm. not all about our story, it's, you know, yeah. it's about this story of grace. Um, and it's enough, like just, just point to it and let it do its thing because mm-hmm. it's going to do its thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. So much good wisdom. Um, I'm really glad I got to do this. Uh, yeah. I would love to have more conversations with you folks in the future. Very grateful for your time. Very grateful for your ministry. Um, Lee, I can already see you're going to bring so much to Seattle first. And um, Anita has been amazing in Seattle first, and they're very fortunate to have you. So to know that you're both working together is very exciting. So thank you for joining us for this episode. We will see you in the new year. And thanks again for listening. Mm-hmm.